Welcome to Thoughts from Home, your conservation podcast from the National Conservation Training Center. We're located along the Potomac River in historic Shepherdstown, West Virginia, and are home to the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome to Thoughts from Home. I'm Mike McAllister, and today I'll be speaking with Tracy McLeaf about bird-friendly coffee. Coffee is an important part of many people's morning routine, but do you know how important it is for the birds? Yeah, Mike, I was just hoping maybe what we could talk about today is a little bit of the connection between birds and coffee. The big connection that you know all you biologists hear all the time is habitat, habitat, habitat. That's what it comes down to for birds and coffee. Coffee and growing practices for coffee specifically benefit neotropical birds who are living in these areas for most of their lives. I mean, seven to eight months out of the year. They're only up here with us in their breeding cycle a few months out of every year. So most of their time is spent out in those areas. And these can be birds, anything from herons and raptors to swallows and, and songbirds. I thought, you know, there's a few species here at NCTC that if you come here in the, in the season when they're here, during their breeding season, sign out a pair of binoculars. You can um, walk around the campus here. Um, we've got a lot of good habitat, and you'll see a lot of these neotropical species that you'd be benefiting by drinking our bird-friendly coffee. They include things like like wood thrush and great catbirds, scarlet tanager, which are great when you get to see those. They're going to be really high up. Uh, black and white warblers, the eastern wood peewee, you'll hear them a lot more than you'll see them around here, but they're a really popular species around here, and a common yellow throat. Where is coffee grown? When you look at a globe, kind of a belt going around the middle. So it's Central South America uh, is the most common, like where we get our coffee. But it's also grown in the Mideast and Asia and Africa. So kind of all over the world in that, that warm belt there. I really enjoy coffee and coffee is a large part of my day and routine. How big a deal is coffee or how much coffee does America import? Well, Mike, you and I may be the biggest coffee drinkers at NCTC, but um, apparently the United States is their third largest import. And I read that worldwide, it's a $6 billion industry. It's like the, I think they said the second highest rated commodity that's traded around the world. Um, so I, I think, you know, if we make some changes in how it's grown or purchasing habits and, and watching how the coffee we buy is grown, it could make a big difference, like in habitat quality for species all over the world and um, carbon sequestration, uh, climate change. We could make an impact eventually with these things because coffee production in general has a lot of harmful practices. I mean, it's it's your typical when you've got a large scale farm operation where there's clear cutting, there's monoculture, there's pesticides. Um, you're trying to get large scale pounds per acre production, you know, all that kind of stuff is just like any other agricultural commodity. We're going to talk about those same kinds of things with with traditional coffee production. It's you know low habitat diversity. I mean, a good segue from there then is into to growing practices. For coffee, I kind of think of it as there's three different ways or areas that coffee's grown. And we have the traditional farm coffee that we just talked about. You know, it's clear cut, nothing but coffee bushes for acres and acres and acres, full sun. You know, in a place like that, you might find, you'll still find animals. I mean, there's still going to be some species around. You might find about, um, I read a study that said about 60 species of birds, different neotropical birds might be in a, in a traditional coffee area. And then you look at shade grown coffee. 
and then there's bird friendly certified coffee. So those there's a variation between those two. Shade grown coffee, traditionally approved shade grown coffee, you might find about 69 species of neotropical birds or 70, something like that. But then when you start looking at bird friendly certified farms, they're finding up to like 243 different species of neotropical birds in those habitats. And the reason there's a difference between shade grown and bird friendly shade grown. Shade grown, which we used to serve here for a long time at NCTC, uh, served a brand of coffee that was shade grown. Right now we're not serving any shade grown coffee, but we are transitioning to a bird friendly shade grown, which is why we're doing the podcast. Shade grown coffee, like, uh, I don't know if you, have, Mike, have you seen um, Rainforest Alliance certified coffees? Yeah, yeah, I, have I, I little, have noticed that. A little frog symbol or something. Yeah. So the Rainforest Alliance is shade grown coffee. But when I read more about that, it said that that only requires a 15% shade cover. And the farm doesn't actually have to have that percent of shade cover if they promise to work to attain that percent of cover. So it's more of a trust agreement helping the farms improve themselves to that to that limit. So it's still better than nothing. I mean, it's a good, it's a good deal. But when you talk about bird-friendly shade-grown coffee, they're talking about a 40% canopy cover. It's significant, that, yeah. Yeah. I that's mean, that's why you see those species, um, diversity in the species. And another reason there's more diversity in the bird-friendly shade-grown areas is bird-friendly certification requires a quality foliage cover, So there's and they want different strata. So it's not just bushes, and it's not just tall trees and bushes, it's everything in between to increase the diversity of everything. They even have an, a requirement for epiphytes. And do you know what an epiphyte is? I do not. I had to guess. I was close, but I looked it up. <laughs> An epiphyte is something like a, a plant that grows on another plant without being parasitic. So something like um, Spanish moss in the south and the live oaks, all that pretty yeah. grayish moss that hangs off of them, that's an epiphyte. And things like um, air ferns, um, those are epiphytes. So this bird friendly certification has a requirement for those. So all that vegetative diversification and strata diversification, all that leads to or species diversification. So it's a it's just an overall better habitat that the bird-friendly certified farms are um, promoting. That, that's really interesting. I had you know noticed the different labels on coffee and had always thought that it maybe meant more about the quality of the coffee or the flavor of the bean. It's really neat to find out that there's so much interest and energy put into uh, helping out the animals and critters and birds a large commodity like that and they're actually worried about not worried but thinking about the processes yeah because you know a commodity like that it could, it could make a difference in the long run when we get the bird friendly coffee here mike you and i would have to do a serious taste test to see how the quality is <laughs> it was like, wow this is definitely great coffee or not <laughs> you know? i would love to be a part of that we'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll bring in the grinder and the aero presses <laughs> What are some of NCTC's efforts and uh, what are we doing to support birds and coffee cravings on campus? Well, NCTC buys about 550 pounds of coffee a year. Um, I could, for some reason, I thought it'd be way more than that. Me, um, me too. But, <laughs> yeah, so maybe that was a month and I got the wrong stat. But that, that was our receipts combined. <laughs> <laughs> 550 pounds of coffee a year. And we thought with that kind of bulk that we should try to we, we're, we have some sustainable practices, but over the past couple of years, you know, with the COVID years off, we had time to think about and re-gear some operations we do around here. And we'll talk about more of this later in this podcast. But one of the things 
was mentioned was why don't we look at bird friendly coffee? So we did. We had our uh, guest services contractor, Aramark, look into different bird friendly options. And they had to do a lot of research for a few reasons. There are a lot of boutique coffee shops who had the bird friendly coffee. But, so it took them a while to find a vendor who could deliver in the mass quantities. And they're still working on that, making sure they can get all the certifications they need to be able to purchase the coffee and all that. And we're going to have a good bit of upfront cost because if you've ever been to NCTC, we have these coffee brewers all over the buildings, in the instructional buildings and in the servery and in the auditorium, and all those have to be replaced. So that's like a, that's a pretty big upfront expense. And that's because they belong to the current coffee vendor we're working with and they, they'll take them back. So we'd have to replace all that. So that's so it's a pretty big effort for us to do this, but obviously we think it's worthwhile. The director and the service are willing to make that investment to make this change because this is it's a good thing we can do. We use the grounds. We used to give all the coffee grounds to our nursery to use in their plant propagation stuff that they're doing. And I think now we're donating some of it to the compost pile as needed. I think that's where the grounds are ending out. So we're we're really trying to use more sustainable practices. But this is a big, flashy, shiny thing that we can do at NCTC. And um, I, I think it'll be well received. Yeah, for sure. I know I'm excited to try it and taste the difference. And, you know, given the scale of farming and knowing and learning about how much it affects birds, it'll be good to know that my coffee isn't negatively impacting wildlife. Right. Yeah. You said we were replacing the equipment because it was owned by the vendor. But is there any special way to prepare bird friendly coffee or is it just normal coffee beans and coffee grounds just like another coffee? Yep, just like just like usual. We looked into options between buying whole bean and buying ground, and there was really no difference. So we're probably going to go with ground because that saves us from having to buy grinders. Okay. But no, it's prepared exactly the same. And there's just as many options. I mean, there's when we were looking at some of these, there's decaf, and then there's all the different flavor descriptions in between. Like if you want a citrus highlight or a chocolatey highlight or, you know, all those things that I don't really notice until someone says, did you taste the chocolate? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I did. It's got, <laughs> no, it's got, it's like got coffee. A, a cherry afterglow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if others wanted to be more conscious of the way they consume and buy coffee, what are some processes they can do to make the switch? You know, what I found was um, I would send people to the, the Smithsonian's website for bird friendly coffee. And I think it's a National Zoo Smithsonian Institute link. Maybe we can provide that at some point. But if you go to their site, look up bird friendly coffee. It has a list to people who sell it and manu uh, not manufacturers, uh, suppliers. So there are a lot of like little boutique shops who are going to have it. There's a lot of places out there you can get it on a, on a small, you know, household basis amount. So, so it is available. A lot of it, of course, with online industry, you can get it almost from anywhere at any time. So, yeah, you, I think it's worth trying it if you want to. It's a little more expensive than buying a can of Folgers, but it's something little you can do. Maybe makes a nice Christmas gift, buy someone a nice tin of bird-friendly coffee. Uh, maybe encourage some some changes that way. And I know that's that's the way we could do it. it. Just support the support the vendors, the farmers who are trying to do the right thing. That's really interesting. Thank you for all those tips, Tracy, and uh, information today. I know I'll be looking forward to discovering some new coffee vendors and coffee types and brands. You know, my my mornings will be a little brighter knowing the birds will be happy. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll have it rolled out for you in time for the holidays. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Sure. Bird-friendly coffee is the perfect cup of coffee. It tastes better and helps protect the planet. Make the switch to bird-friendly coffee today and share this with coffee lovers out there. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Mike.
Thank you for listening to the National Conservation Training Center podcast series. If you have feedback, thoughts, or stories you'd like to share, contact us at nctc underscore podcast at fws.gov.